0: Like a ray of sunshine on a cloudy day, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast that wonders where all the flowers have gone. And now, brace for a hard landing, it's Medicare expert Doug
1: Jones.
0: Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Sometimes people ask me, who is this lazy man that you're trying to irritate by calling him lazy? And I answer, that lazy man is everybody who ever needed to learn about Medicare but didn't really want to. They're not really lazy. They're just trepidatious about what happens when one finally has to stare Medicare in the face and, and uh, you know arm wrestle it into submission, and it's often perceived as a real confusing and difficult and um, probably a losing proposition to have to uh, attack Medicare on your own. And I want to make people feel good about Medicare. Frankly, there is no reason to fear Medicare as long as you have somebody like me in your corner. That's uh, why I created Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's not that people are lazy. It's just that Medicare is daunting, and it's the kind of job that you don't really want to do. So I want to make people feel good about their encounter with Medicare. And the way I do that is to offer them the opportunity to buy my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man. And the current edition is 2023, so if you go to barnesandnoble.com or if you go to amazon.com, type Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 into the search window, you will find a copy of my book. Now, if you go to Amazon, you're going to find four different versions. You're going to find the, the Kindle version, which you can have immediately, less than $4. Such a deal for you. Uh, you can hear the Audible book. You can buy that Audible book and listen to my mellifluous tones reading the book to you. I turn the pages. I pronounce the unpronounceable words. I tell you when the chapter has come to an end. You can pause me whenever you want to. That's the advantage of the Audible book. Uh, there is the tried and true paperback. That's the one most people elect to buy. It has beautiful black and white illustrations and then of course if you go to barnes and noble you're going to get the paperback with the color illustrations and then you can if you want to be a, a big spender you can spring for a 22 dollar hardcover edition with color illustrations at amazon.com and that magnificent creation is going to be a family heirloom and your uh, your descendants will look upon it with awe and in fact, I, I know what it's like to open a book that hasn't been opened in decades. And it's uh, there's a an aura of fascination and wonder when you hear the creaking of the, the uh, binding on the spine of the book and you wonder if you're hurting the book. But I have to see what's inside this magnificent creation. And that's what Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 in the hardcover version inspires. So I would suggest that you buy the book, read the book won't take you that long. And then if you need to contact me and I will help you get the additional coverages that you need to round out your Medicare protection. And pretty soon the medical expenses that you might be exposed to will not be a fear for you and life will be sweetness and light. And, uh, Speaking of sweetness and light, I have Randy Carson staring at me right across the screen. Uh, he's in kind of a rotten mood today. Let's see if we can find out why. Randy, I can tell that you're not real happy. What's going on in your life?
1: It's too cold. Oh, boy, I'll go along with that. This is like, this. you know, you and I have talked about this multiple times, and I know people that don't live in Arizona are going to be shaking their heads, rolling their eyes. I mean, my God, what are these people talking about? But it's 50 degrees out here today. And I have already, as you know, Doug, identified 60 as arizona freezing okay (laughs) yes
0: anything below 60 is uh intolerable as far as you're concerned Oh, i
1: know i know i I, it's terrible i moved out to arizona for a reason and the reason was to get out of that kind of weather what the heck is happening
0: well i'll tell you whatever is happening to us is happening worse to people in other parts of the country. I saw pictures of uh, storms and flooding in Maine. I saw pictures of uh, ice and snow in uh, Chicago and probably in Nebraska too. So there are people who are suffering worse than we are. And I don't want to be a Pollyanna, but I want to tell you that this too shall end. And uh, probably within a few days, we'll be back to our normal mid 60s to low 70s winter time high. And uh, this'll be just a horrible memory. Fading well, into the know, past.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you know, I'm from Nebraska, Western Nebraska, and ultimately I keep track of the fee- people that I know. And I, you know, I I back in Nebraska and I, I looked up, you know, the last couple of days, I knew someone told me that there was going to be a good storm coming there. Uh-huh. Excuse me. And uh, I looked up and it looks like from you know, if I can add correctly in my head, I think they've gotten you know at least twelve inches of snow.
0: yeah,
1: and it yep. and it's still and it's still coming. and there's there's parts you know, there's very, very minor parts of my life that I would say, boy, that would be fun to look at. No, uh-huh. no, no, no. And then the <laughs> other part of my logical brain goes, what in the world are you thinking about?
0: Well in 1967 in on my birthday in January in the Chicago area a very narrow band of snow hit Chicago and it basically covered the town in two feet of snow Uh, and that that extended out to the suburbs where I lived and um that was a massive massive snowstorm talked about every year for years later it was the end of January and um in nineteen eighty five, I bought a house that was built by the widow of a guy who died of a heart attack shoveling snow during that storm.
1: Oh, oh I'm not laughing at him. I, I no. that is that is such a such a you know a, a terrible event. But bottom line, back there they go, don't if you don't have a heart for it, don't
0: shovel freaking snow, okay? I know. And that guy just shoveled one shovelful too many. I'm pretty sure I'm
1: telling you I'm telling but, you and but so, I
0: couldn't every time it snowed when I lived in that house for 25 goddamn years it was a scary event for me to go out I bought a giant snowblower and it yeah. was uh I I think it maybe saved my
1: life yeah yeah well you know what the what you know what happened to me the last time I bought a giant snowblower oh you told me the story and I can't remember it sat in the garage. It was one of those periods where we didn't have any snow for like 12 years in the... Br- I'm teasing. Global but, yeah. warming. Global <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, we'd drive to town, you know, in the truck, mm-hmm. and there would be snow piled up on the sides of the road sure. higher than the freaking... Di- I mean, it was like 12 feet high because they came through with a with a drift breaker, if you know oh, what that yeah. is.
0: Well, I do. And frankly, that's what happened in the Chicago area. In uh, January of 1979, it's uh, so the only year they quit talking about 1967. Oh, the blizzard of 67.
1: <laughs> and I got to tell you,
0: I moved to Tucson in uh, 1973, and they were still yanking about the blizzard of 72 in Tucson, in which six inches fell. And oh, it, was gone. it was gone by that night. Oh, no, were, not six, six whole inches? Yeah, they commemorated that every year. But um, the, this uh, January of 1979, we had three blizzards. One was on New Year's Eve, and one was uh, like a week later, and then one was a couple of weeks after that. And we had snow piled up so that the biggest danger was that you, would, you couldn't see around a corner. So if you stopped, you didn't know if there was a stop sign or whatever. And yeah. so uh somebody would hit you because they chose not to stop and uh, if you were cautious and you sneak out a little bit your hood would be sticking out into the intersection and uh, yeah. it was it was uh, it changed life for people until probably early February when it started to melt well
1: anybody you know anybody on the podcast that's you know back from the midwest back in the olden days where we used to have some really really distinctive memorable blizzards i mean there was periods i mean my dad we always used to talk, you know, we always used to uh, laugh about my dad walking to school uphill both ways. Yeah. I, that that's just the way it worked. But anyway, sure. He he used to talk about walking across drift mm-hmm. through the field because it was easier to go straight through the fields. And the drift and the, the the fence lines, you couldn't even see them because they were under the drifts under the oh, snow. Yeah.
0: yeah, I understand. Well, this, this uh January of seventy nine, I had to um I don't know. I could go through all of this. Our driveway was more than a half a mile long uphill uh, or both downhill. To was, it, was it uphill both? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, your dad used to <laughs> use that route to go to school. But I had to, uh, the first, the blizzard of uh, uh, New Year's Eve started out with rain. So there was an inch of solid ice all over the roads un- underneath the three blizzards that we had.
1: There you go.
0: And so I got my Jeep stuck because I didn't have open differential i had open differentials not traction, and so i had two wheels on the road one time trying to let a guy pass and and the uh, two wheels on the road just spinning on the ice and i was stuck in my jeep which i thought was impervious i I could go on and on and frankly we're going to be boring the audience i can hear the on off switches happening now yeah i think we should get down to medicare business (laughs) yeah there's another click oh god we lost another one okay well but, i'm
1: telling i let's go ahead I, you know as the nominal producer i'm still yes. the nominal producer for you know 2024 so you, you got a right
0: herd on this operation a little bit
1: better let, let's go ahead let's go ahead and move on into the good stuff the medicare for the lazy man stuff yes, i will sir. mute myself out and obviously if we have time at the end which maybe maybe not i've got some other st- great stuff to talk about so you know the people on the podcast hang around. I'm not done. I've only got
0: you. only you know when the quarters run out of the uh, <laughs> the vending machine for the uh, purchase of airtime. So I'm not going to leave any uh, quarters unturned. Let me tell you. So I ran across an article that just made my heart warm. Uh, it was. It's a beautiful thing. I didn't know anything about this, but there is a, uh, a guy like me, actually probably a, a small company of uh, insurance agents that have the same philosophy as I do about showing people the light. I want to show people the light of Medicare high deductible plans, Medicare supplement high deductibles, because I believe that is the most cost effective way for most people to go. Uh, You know, nobody has a crystal ball, so you could have problems that would cause you to um, need to spend enough money that high-deductible Medicare supplement plans are not a good deal. But most people will find it to be a better way to go. And this is what I incessantly uh, try to convince people. So I ran across an article that they wrote for their clientele and to attract new clientele. The title of it is Medicare High-Deductible Plan G. And plan F updates. So you're thinking, well, what are they? What's going to be updated with these high deductible plans? And um, so I handed it to the content curator and she went to work with her yellow highlighter. And I'm going to read those parts that she thought might be most helpful to people. There are events unfolding that will have a significant impact on the value of high deductible Medicare supplements. If you have a Medicare supplement, say, let's a high deductible plan G or even a high deductible plan F, you will want to read further. If you are considering high deductible Medicare supplements, this article has information that will help you determine if it's a good value for you. And the next headline is high deductible Medicare supplement plans, a good value, and it has the pros and cons. So um, this uh, author says, I'm going to go over the criteria I use to determine if a high deductible Medicare supplement is a good value. Um, and I'll be doing that in a few moments. He says, okay, thanks a lot for letting me know that. Um, the easiest way to understand high deductible Medicare supplement plans is to stop thinking of them as high deductible insurance. Instead, think of them as painting a well-defined maximum out-of-pocket limit. Oh, pudding. <laughs> Instead, think of them, think of the high deductible Medicare supplement plans as putting a well-defined maximum out-of-pocket limit on your Medicare Part A and Part B inpatient and outpatient services. And I would go along with that. Um, So when you have a Medicare supplement, any Medicare supplement, your original Medicare Parts A and B are your primary coverage. Medicare always pays first. And, yes, I certainly agree with that. I have uh, linked below the benefits of Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B, the deductibles and copay Change a little every year, but the concept does not. With Medicare Part B, outpatient services, you pay a small annual deductible of $240 for this year, to 2024. When you first see a doctor during the year, uh, that that Medicare deductible applies to whatever you have to pay. After that, Medicare Part B pays 80% of your Medicare bills, and you pay 20%. Medicare Part A also has a deductible. It's a per event deductible that buys you 60 consecutive days of inpatient hospital care. From day 61 forward, you pay an increasing per day copay. So that's the way Medicare works. With high deductible Medicare supplement plans, you have a maximum out of pocket. Uh, your annual financial risk is limited to the annual deductible. For 2024, that deductible is $2,800, dollars This is your annual maximum out-of-pocket limit. Your benefits are the benefits of Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B uh, with an annual maximum out-of-pocket equal to the Medicare supplement deductible, which, again, is $2,800. Once your out-of-pocket expenses for inpatient or outpatient Medicare services have reached that deductible, you have 100% coverage. All other Medicare uh, inpatient and outpatient services are paid for the rest of the year. In my opinion, these Medicare supplement plans should not be called high deductible plans. And Randy and I went through that much earlier in this history of this podcast. Randy coined the phrase high value plans, and that's what we've been using. And uh, it is certainly apropos. They're not best called high deductible plans. They're best described as high value plans. Uh, now, this author says they should be called high maximum out-of-pocket limit plans. And that's that sounds a little awkward to me uh, because their function, uh, Randy has a uh, an comment.
1: Randy. Boy, that rolls right off your tongue, doesn't it, Doug?
0: I don't want to have to say that five times real fast. <laughs> Oh, boy, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get thrown out of our uh, family-friendly podcast uh, club if, uh, if I were to do that. But he says um, their function is to set an annual maximum out-of-pocket limit on your Medicare. The benefits of Medicare supplement high-deductible plans are exactly the same. Plan F and Plan high-deductible Plan F and high-deductible Plan G are exactly the same. There is a difference in benefit between the regular Plan G and the regular Plan F but there is no difference in benefits for the high deductible options. Uh, the Plan F high deductible for those who were eligible earlier, you know, they're older people, they were eligible for Medicare higher than uh, prior to 2020. And Plan G high deductible was created for everybody else. Uh, and he says again, they have the same benefit and they should have the same premium. They don't with many companies. Some companies charge more for the high deductible Plan F. So then the author says, here's what you need to know going into 2024. Um, of all the Medicare supplement plans, the high deductible plan, or as Randy and I call it, the high value plan, is the most vulnerable to periods of high inflation. This author is saying, ooh, watch out in periods of high inflation, and we certainly are uh, in periods any period of high inflation right now. If you are concerned about inflation in the years ahead, You should think twice about the high deductible Medicare supplement option. I disagree with that, sir, whoever you are, this author. The first point to consider is that Medicare supplement high deductible plans have two moving parts that impact its value. The first, as we covered, is the deductible itself. That's that $2,800. As it increases, your benefits increase or decrease dollar for dollar. The second moving part is the price, the monthly premium. Uh, every year you're paying more for less coverage. If you are just turning 65, you can have 20 to 30 years of negative compounding that you must consider. I disagree with that author. And I'll tell you why when I get finished with this article, um, he says, he goes on to say, I prefer the high deductible plans in States that have a mandate requiring that all Medicare supplement plans have to be priced as issue age or community rated. In these States they are often uh, in some insurance companies where price increases are few and far between. That means if you are with the right insurance company in those States, your price increases will be few and far between Um, being with the right insurance company in essence neutralizes one of the two components that are compounding against you all uh, let's see all and any Medicare supplement plans can also have price increases. That's a weirdo sentence. All and any Medicare supplement plans can have price increases. There is no price structure that turns a for-profit insurance company into a philanthropic organization. All they have to do is apply to the state for a price increase. In an attained age state, you will often see the Plan G high deductible and Plan F high deductible increase in price annually and at a faster rate than, let's say, a Plan N. The second thing I look at is the uh, annual premium savings. That's the primary thing. He should have gotten to this in the first place. But he goes on to say about the annual premium savings of the high deductible Medicare supplement relative to the next higher coverage that is full coverage. And he touts Medicare supplement plan N. Well, I'll tell you right now. I believe he is making a mistake in his comparisons. Um, He goes on to say the Medicare Part A deductible is a per event deductible, approximately $1,632. That's not true. The Medicare Part A, oh, uh, yeah, the Medicare Part A deductible. That's right, not the Medicare supplement deductible. Uh, he says, let's use round numbers to make the concept easier. If you're in the hospital as an inpatient, you will pay the hospital a um, per night rate that is up to the Part A deductible of roughly $1,600. Yeah, I'm. He's starting to lose me here. I was so excited. This is why I should uh, curate my own content, I guess. Here's the deal on high deductible Medicare supplement plans. The diff- the savings is what you apply to the deductible. In other words, the high deductible Medicare supplement plan is very very inexpensive, but there is a deductible that you have to pay for the supplement insurance. Doesn't have anything to do with Medicare. With Medicare you have a front-end deductible once per year, and then let's say your outpatient expenses, that covers everything, but then your Medicare supplement, if you want to pay for the Plan G, which is the most expensive Medicare supplement and the most comprehensive, then that rate is going to go up constantly. Every year, you're going to see an increase in your Plan G rate, and at some point, it's going to be untenable. If you have the high deductible Medicare supplement rate Uh, It's going to stay very low, and the difference between those two will eat up the risk of that high deductible ever being a problem for you. So when you start out with a Medicare supplement plan at age 65, let's say, your difference in cost, your monthly savings, is going to be such that the actual risk of having that $2,800 high deductible applied to your coverage or to your medical bills is small but it's there so your risk if you have a really really bad year may be in the order of uh, fifteen hundred dollars extra that you wouldn't have had to pay if you had the uh, regular plan g on the other hand if you had the regular plan g you're going to be paying that high premium that year and every year even if you don't have any medical expenses so the uh, premium for the high deduct or for the uh, plan g is going to continue to rise meaning that the savings is going to continue to grow as you get older. And uh, as you get older, the plan G rate has gone higher and higher. The savings that you realize every year from having the high deductible plan G eats away at that uh, high deductible until eventually, if you live long enough and you're in your 80s, eventually the savings you save more than the high deductible is. So let's say that you're in your eighties this year, your savings per year by having the high deductible plan G probably equals more than $2,800, which is the amount of the high deductible this year. So that at that point, it makes no sense at all to even think about having the expensive plan G. You should only think about the high deductible Medicare supplement. And frankly, if you had it from age 65, You would have socked away money every year unless you had a bad medical year, and you would have a pile of money in your sock drawer or under your mattress that you could draw on if you had a bad year. Let's say, uh, like my wife, you had a couple of knee replacements, or let's say, like me, I had a a four-day hospital stay back in 2015. Uh, That would have eaten away at the money I'd saved, but it wouldn't have uh, completely taken it away. It would have just reduced my savings. And I, as I continued to go forward, as my plan G rate would have gone higher and higher and higher, my savings would then be growing. I would have a larger pile of cash in my sock drawer, and I would be um, over the long haul. I would be much better off with the high deductible plan. Uh, So anyway, I want to wrap this article up because uh, the guy kind of lost me a little bit. He did not do the comparison between his uh, full plan premium and the savings to be realized with the high deductible plan. Um, so he goes on to say, to find the value of a high deductible plan, you need to compare the premium savings of your high deductible versus the premium of the full coverage, and then compare that savings to the cost of a hospital stay. Eh you know he's not really thinking about it like I would think about it so i was i was pretty excited for a while but i believe he has uh, wandered off the reservation uh, the last thing the curator highlighted was of course with most companies if you should change plans or change companies you lose or reset your issue age position well that's not going to matter much if you are covered by the high deductible plan because the premium is so so um low and Uh, really friendly to the, to the, uh, insured person. I have an article here that was sent to me by a, a client of mine named Robert, and he has been waiting, I think for a while (laughs) for me to address this, but it's, um, it really has more, um, it's, it's more germane to Medicare advantage plans. I think how to negotiate a medical bill and other insurance tips. This is a short one, but let me, uh, tear into it and see if i can address it before the end of this uh, podcast episode it starts out saying while there are multiple reasons for rural hospitals financial woes coverage denials from medicare advantage plans play a big part said harold miller president of center for something or other of president of the center that conducted the study who knows what center that was So what he's saying is that rural hospitals are having financial difficulties and Medicare Advantage plans play a big part in that. For years, Medicare Advantage plans had been rare in rural areas. Now they are becoming ubiquitous. In 2022, enrollment in Medicare Advantage plans grew 13% in rural areas versus 7% in urban zones. Um, Let's see, by law, Medicare Advantage plans are supposed to base their reimbursements on Medicare rules, but there's room for interpretation. And uh, for example, insurers can use their own clinical criteria to determine whether to authorize or to pay for care. In a That's under a Medicare Advantage plan. A report just last year by the department's inspector general found out that in June of 2019, the 15 top Medicare Advantage plans denied authorization for 13% of the claims that had met Medicare rules. The plans also denied payment for 18% of the claims that met Medicare coverage and billing rules. It sounds like the same kind of description. Even when the plans pay, they reimburse providers far less than traditional Medicare Rural hospital CEOs and doctors uh, told this to NBC News. The plans are effectively rationing health care. For example, the hospital officials cited specific cases in which the plans take a week to approve care, but agree to pay only for a three-night stay. They deny coverage after approving it, drawing money back from hospitals, or uh, contend a provider is out of network when it isn't. They also deny routine tests and refuse to pay for rehabilitation, saying that patients should go home before their doctors think it's wise. Any study we order, x-ray, CT scan, MRI, stress tests, they're going to deny, said this uh, doctor at uh, Ozarks Community Hospital. This is a nonprofit critical access hospital in Gravette, Arkansas, in the northeast corner of the state. With straight Medicare, we just schedule it. He estimated his staff spends one quarter of each week trying to persuade the plans not to deny the tests or the treatment. So we've talked about how Medicare Advantage plans can stick it to you, and that's another example, but it has even more deleterious uh, uh, effects on small rural hospitals than it does in the big cities where many more of these events occur. And uh, now that we're sneaking up on the end of the episode, Randy made it sound like he had interesting things to tell us about. Is that true Randy or uh are we uh too short of time to be able to deal with your interesting things?
1: I just wanted to leave some food for thought with the folks since we since your discussion ended up uh focusing on Medicare advantage plans. Right? <laughs> right? That's where it ended up. <laughs> I'm going to identify what my thought process is for 2024. I need to come up with some new, some new descriptive, you know, easy to remember descriptive terms, you know, or Medicare and Medicare Advantage. Okay. So here we go. You know, I've invented some over the years. We've been, we've been doing this for about five years now, I guess. And those are
0: gems. I don't know why you'd need any more. The ones you've got are oh, gems. I, it,
1: my men, my mind just works on these things. You can't. So anyway, if if I was going to print a T-shirt related to Medicare Advantage, I would have a big sign on the back that says prior authorization, question mark, uh-huh. just say no. Yep. Okay. I think that's valid as heck. And then on the front, I would have Medicare disadvantage, I, which somebody stole that one from me several years ago. Uh, i've also come up with coined the phrase medicare scam vantage
0: yes yes absolutely and and Metacrap.
1: medicrap and last but one. not least this is the newest one beyond Metacrap. meta
0: okay there you go that's right and it's it's indicative it's catchy it rolls right off the tongue so i like yeah, it just-
1: just like that other com, you know that other article he had, the just rolled right off your tongue when you.
0: Yeah, well, okay, we'll <laughs> we'll keep that one buried on the uh, list of uh, <laughs> articles to revisit in the future. However, I think I do owe the listeners an apology because uh, my client Robert sent me this article, and the title of it was "How to Negotiate a Medical Bill and Other Insurance Tips," and then it turned out to be a full typewritten page of complaints about Medicare Advantage plans from the point of oh, view of hospitals.
1: Yeah. I I think that's absolutely uh, valuable
0: (laughs) well certainly it is but I would have chosen a different title for the the article
1: yeah I I get it I totally get well anyway we have just spent probably more than our 75 cents worth of airtime. but before we land the plane I think we're landing on 32 East this today before we land the plane there's a couple things I always like to mention so people get out your pencil why did people lick the end of their pencil back in the day?
0: That was before number two pencils. Those number one pencils were made out of anthracite coal, and they were <laughs> just too too hard. Uh, they you couldn't make a mark unless you did you licked them first. Oh, is that
1: the reason? So anyway, I'm, if you're using nineteen twenty pencils, not number twos, number number ones. Number ones Here's the email address that you need to reach out to Doug, and he does enjoy hearing from you truthfully. dbj at mlmmailbag.com. That's dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Don't forget, Doug is licensed nationwide to help you and direct you in your Medicare supplement planning. Check us out on the website at medicareforthelazyman.com. We would appreciate it even though it's early in the year, we would appreciate it if you could find a couple places, three places, you know, maybe two to, you know, drop a review on all the content that Doug produces. It's great content and we can always use the reviews and towards the end of the year, even though we're, you know, right now in January 2024, we would like to start building the points that we acquire on reviews so that people really know what they're you know it's great content it's really great content and one one year doug was even the leader in travel in travel books i, yeah, I, I don't was. know how i don't know how that happened well but, it was,
0: <laughs> we know how retirees love to travel and i guess uh they put us right in there with puzzle books as yeah, puzzle books were number one <laughs> we were number two in tre in the travel category at amazon.com oh com.
1: my god that's the last thing i would want to read but anyway Long story short is, Doug was number two, number two in the travel guides, right?
0: I I think so, yeah. It might have been one for a few minutes, but number two for a lengthy period of time.
1: That is cool. That is cool. But certainly, last but not least, thank you for joining us. We always enjoy when you're here. That's exactly where you want us, exactly where we want you, is with us on Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And we want to thank you for doing that. But- If you haven't been checking your watch, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. He's up in the frozen tundra of the high ground of Cave Creek, Arizona. It's below Arizona freezing today, in case you didn't know, Doug. I'm going to put him in. I'm going to put him in at 7,200 feet. In his fortress of solitude. And that doesn't sound high, but in care in, in Cave Creek, when it's you know below sixty, Ugh. we need to get out our mucklucks, I'm telling you.
0: No kidding. Well, thank you so much, Randy, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us today. We'll be seeing you, I hope, on a warmer, sunnier day very, very soon. Bye bye.